And yet that strategy can allow you to profit from a down market and a trading range market in a way that if you're just looking at the long side, you will not be able to do. And since the market is in a down cycle or a trading range environment, more than half the time since World War II, I think it's very important. I've gotten burned on both sides of the market so many times, my butt's fried. But I just move on to the next trade and keep making money, which is what a trader does. Okay, so we've got some uh, examples of the performance that we've had on, in, our, in our monthly newsletter to clients. We've got some of the, the component system track record that we have, our long-short methodology, which is the one we go over in our column. Um, our commodity system, the top five relative strength methodology that's enumerated in our book, uh, the hedge fund edge, and some other models. I've also got uh, put in to here a lot of uh, offshore funds that we like to use for diversification, for managing whole portfolios and what their performance has been. These are instruments that I think most people should be looking at as a diversification from the S&P. They have uncorrelated performance and most of them, in fact all of them on here, have a higher risk reward ratio than the S&P itself. There are a lot of other asset classes than uh, stocks. In our overall asset allocation model, we're most heavily allocated to commodity funds and strategies this year, and then long short strategies, and then arbitrage strategies. How many people have any commodity fund uh, allocation in their portfolios? How many people have any arbitrage? How many people have any long short? Okay. How many people are making money this year? Okay, good. Um, I, I think for, particularly for conservative investors, arbitrage funds are an area where I can't understand why uh, U.S. investors don't look at. Arbitrage funds typically take extremely low risk, have drawdowns under 5%, and have annual returns in the 10, 11, 12% pretty consistently. It's sort of like, a, a, I think, the next level from a T-bill in terms of, ri of risk, but it has very consistent return. There are a lot of retirees that arbitrage should make up a lot of their portfolio. If you're trading stocks, the only asset class that consistently negatively correlates with stocks and therefore makes the best portfolio addition is commodity funds and strategies. Now, most of the best commodity fund managers um, are located offshore, uh, but there are a number of good ones onshore, and uh, I think um, Chesapeake is one to look at. Um, there's a number of them that are mentioned here that you can take a look at. Uh, that is the performance of our low-risk low global asset allocation portfolio real-time on an audited basis since 1992. And you can see that we were ranked highly by Nelson's. Now, one thing that I always drives me crazy about these performance reviews is that they only look at returns. And I believe that, that your total returns are probably the second or third most important feature of your performance. 
The most important feature is your drawdown and your return to drawdown. So I would much rather, if, if I were trying to get a 25% return, I would much rather find somebody like a trout, Monroe Trout, who gets 12 to 15% a year on like a 5% drawdown. I'd much rather leverage his fund than go to a fund that gets 25% and has a 20% drawdown and has negative years. That's an important concept for people to understand. The best manager is the one that has the best return in relation to the maximum drawdown. And that means that most of the top managers in the world are people that are looking at their drawdown more than they are their returns. If you can keep your drawdowns low, there's plenty of low fruit out no matter what your strategy is and you can profit from the markets. If you have one or two really bad years, it will take you a very long time to recover from. Look at the S&P itself. When, it go, when we have a bad recession and the S&P drops 54%, it takes that market 13 years to get back to break even. How many traders want to wait 13 years to get to break even? Okay, um, you've probably seen the short-term pattern in uh, before because I put it in a course, and if you haven't, I've got a course on trading markets where you can look at that. I'm not gonna go over it in detail today. So let's take a, a little bit of a look at it. Um, in the first section, I, um, I generally give sort of an overview of what I think the market's doing and where it's going, okay? And people tend to like that section, but again, it has very little to do with what I'm actually doing. What I'm actually doing is determined by the top relative strength earnings per share new high list and the bottom earnings per share, relative strength, new low list, groups and the performance and the numbers and the things in them and the number of opportunities we have via this strategy. And you know what? Everybody in this room that understands that strategy can determine that before I can by simply watching those things. I, I've got a number of people in my office that I'm trying to, to get up to snuff on this and one thing I do that might help you is that I suggest if you're gonna really try and follow this strategy is write Boucher on the big picture yourself before I publish mine. Because everything I put in it, you have access to, okay? So after this first section where I give you some idea of what the market's doing, and there might be a chart, and then here in this section, maybe put that up near the top, but not off the screen if you can. In this section, I go over the last week from Thursday to Wednesday, because I write the column on Wednesday night. I go over from Thursday to Wednesday what happened in our top relative strength earnings per share new high list and what happened in our bottom relative strength earnings per share new low list. And if you look at this every day and you keep track of it, you'll start to see that it's invaluable information, okay? So the first thing I do is say, how many stocks were on the uh, new high list? And that in, on last Thursday, there were 21 new highs and 20 new lows. On last Friday, there were 14 new highs and 43 new lows. On Monday, there were eight new highs and 31 new lows. On Tuesday, there were 10 new highs and 26 new lows. 
and on Wednesday there were 11 new highs and 65 new lows. Now, what does that tell you about the trend of the market? First of all, any time there are consistently more than 20 on either the new high or the new low list, that tells you the predominant intermediate term trend. Okay? How many people can see that there were more than 20 new lows every day? How many people could count the number of stocks on our list every day? How many people could? Okay? Good. I've got a good investment for you afterwards. See me. All right. So you can have access to all that information. All right. And we can see that during this week, new highs were dwindling and new lows were becoming more dominant. All right. Now, much more important than the number of issues on the page are how many breakouts occurred of valid consolidation patterns no matter, regardless of whether they're fuel or not fuel. And the most important thing is how many trading opportunities did we have? How many stocks that were on this list broke out of a valid four-week trading range or a five-plus week cup and handle on a TBBLBG on high volume that had all our fuel characteristics? Okay? How many people think they could count that every day? Tell you what you do, you print out the list, and when it's a breakout, you put a yellow highlight pin on it. And every day you keep track of the number of breakouts. And then at the end of the week, you can see how you did, because I say we had 10 breakouts on the downside and two breakouts on the upside. And that's not breakouts that met our criteria, that's just valid breakouts of any stock that was on that list. Now, that number tells you something important it tells you how many potential trading opportunities you had that even though they didn't meet fuel and it tells you that not only were new lows dominant but the but the trading patterns that were that that forecast continuation were more dominant on the low side but 10 is not a very big number okay so yeah there were a lot of new lows, and yeah, there were more new breakouts down than high, but there weren't a lot. On a good week, where you start to get excited and think about increasing your allocation aggressively, you'll have 30 breakouts or more. And maybe 10 or more of those will be in fuel stocks that you could have taken a trade of, so that it's so many, you don't know what to do. Okay? When you get an environment like that, and that's what we had from November to March, every week there were so many opportunities and so many breakouts that you're, you know, God, which one do I take? It, you know, it becomes almost difficult. Now, as long as we have the situation where there aren't, say, more than four or five trading opportunities in any one direction in a week, we're going to be pretty conservatively allocated. We got nice gains for the year. I like to keep my money. I don't think gains are something you play with. I like to put them in my pocket and treat them like my original capital. Okay? So I'm going to be very conservative in this environment until it's a good environment. When it's good, then I'll risk some money. If it's not good, I won't. Okay? How many people can count the number of breakouts? Okay, everybody should be able to do that. All right, and now we give you the ones that I say I think broke out 
in, uh, with TBBLBG on good volume of valid patterns and also had fuel. Okay? In this situation, we had breaks down in two and a breakout on the upside in one. Now, that to the fact that we had so many breakouts on the downside, more than the upside, and yet we still had a long trade, it tells you, in my opinion, that this is not a bear market yet. It's a trading range. It's got a downward bias, but clearly this is not domination. When you have a real bear market, boy, you'll know it in these numbers. Because you'll be scratching your head to find a new high that broke out. <coughs> and you'll have so many breakouts on the downside, you'll be spinning. Okay? And I suspect that if we fall below 3,000 on the NASDAQ and 9,700 on the Dow, it'll start to look that way. And in that situation, you'll watch very quickly, like a piranha, will become very quickly 100% short and very little long, and will exploit that opportunity. Conversely, if this test on Friday, this big reversal, works out, we get some nice follow-through days up, you start to see dominance by the new highs over the new lows every day. You start to see a lot more breakouts on the upside of valid patterns on our list than breakdowns. And you start to see three, four, five opportunities a week to get long. Very quickly, we'll get aggressively long. This year, our, uh, if you look at, keep going down a little bit. So then also we'll tell you maybe whether we're aggressive or, or conservative and if you get reasonably decent at this, you, you'll gloss over this and say, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you'll already know it. You can do this yourself. Okay? So this is our overall allocation. Now, we are in this sort of model portfolio that I'm keeping track of for trading markets. We're adding 7% allocation for each trade. So if you take a new long trade, you're going to throw 7% at it. If you take a new short trade, you're going to throw 7% out of it. It's kind of a rule of thumb. It's a lot easier for people to understand. I tried at first to do the 1% rule for risk, and I got so many questions about it that I said forget it. Okay? But you want to improve your performance. That's a way of doing it. All right. So, and all this does is it, we take away, we do what the change in the value of all the things, including stopouts and slippage and, and, you know, discount commission and all that stuff at the end of the week, and we figure out what the percent gain on the longs and the percent you know, gain or loss on the shorts, and we add it, and you can see how we've done, and we're going to review that all the time, okay? And then we'll list a couple of stocks that are on the list so you can see how they're doing, okay? Why don't you keep going a little bit? Now, I'm, I usually tell you about whether I'm defensive or not, and you should be able to figure that out. If, if, if there's a lot of breakouts in one direction, more than 10, more than 30 particularly, and there's four or five or plus um, opportunities for us to make a trade for two or three re weeks in a row, I'm not going to be defensive anymore. I'll be more aggressive in that direction. Now, occasionally, you get an environment like we had from November to March where we could be aggressive in both directions. And that is nirvana. Okay? The market was going up, 
but a huge percentage of stocks were collapsing at the same time, and we were cleaning up on both sides, and it was very sweet. And that's where we got the majority of our gains. Now, we're still up from our highs from March, and we only had a 12% drawdown after the March decline. We recovered it within a month. And we've, we're eking up slowly since then, but we're very conservatively allocated. All right, so now I will tell you something. It, it's very rare that we get uh, less than defensive on the short side. And the reason, meaning that we add more than two positions in a week. And the reason for that is that even in a bear market, you have these things called bear market rallies. And if you've ever been short in a bear market and experienced a bear market rally, you'll know why you don't want to add too many positions at one point in time. Bear market rallies are like what happened Friday. You, 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 you have a nice steady drop, and then all of a sudden, in one or two days, about six weeks worth of gains are wiped out immediately. And so if you take too many positions in any one week, and that happens to be the week before the low and the big bear market rally that's sharp, you get stopped out in all your positions. So you don't want to be doing that with too much of your portfolio. So it's likely that even if we go into a bear market, we're going to be saying, all right, two, three positions a week, not more. Yes? After what happened Friday, do we go ahead and tighten our stocks? No, because I didn't see on our lists a significant change. If I did, if on Friday we had 70 new highs and one new low and you know, it was just totally dominant, then I would start to say, ah, oh, uh, maybe, I, maybe I look at if I can lower my stops on the shorts because I'm concerned. But I didn't see that. If I do, I will. Okay. And the other thing that I, you'll you'll find me famous for is I'm a chicken. I'm a chicken shit. Okay. <laughs> if I have a lot of profits and I start to see something go wrong, <laughs> I'll run. Okay. I have this principle that if I can make 30, 40 percent a year, I'm happy. That means if I'm up more than that, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll keep going. As long as it looks like I can make it more safely, okay. And and that generally you'll find in my if you read my newsletter that I have to clients every month, I'm the biggest chicken shit in the business, and that's why I've got a lot of money. <laughs> okay, because I like the return of principle is more important to me than the return on principle. I think I can find enough low fruit to make decent profits, but I'm more concerned with getting my money back. Yes? What, what causes a chicken reaction? When the profits start to come, go away. <laughs> Quickly. I don't like that. <laughs> Something's wrong. I'll go to the sidelines, scratch my head for a while. Say, gosh, I want to wait for when it's safe and when there's low fruit and I can make money easily. I like that. Easy money. I find that. Hard money? I don't like that. Okay? Right now, this is hard money. We're creeping up. We're making new equity highs every couple of weeks. But, man, is it creeping. Wow, we made a new high by 0.5%. Woo! You know, for, you know, that's not easy money. 
easy money's where it's eight percent a week and you're going yeah <laughs> okay all right so now does everybody understand more how to use this is there anybody that has any questions on this i know that uh, that i write in hieroglyphics to a lot of people particularly new people new people look at the column and they're like you know, TBBLBG2155, holy mackerel, who is this guy and what language is he speaking? Okay, but I do that on purpose. I don't like people who haven't read my courses. To hell with them. <laughs> if you don't want to put in the work, don't read this. Go see somebody else's talk. Okay? But if you want to try to find a way to profit from any environment on a consistent basis, I can't guarantee that it'll do that tomorrow, but I can tell you that it's done that for me for 10 years consistently, and I'm banking my career on it, as well as 90% of my own liquid net worth. All right, any questions? Yes, every single stock on the new low list, I have. The list on one side of the screen, and on the other, I have daily graphs, and I look at every goddamn stock every goddamn day, okay? And I see does it is, and if it comes close to meeting the criteria, it's off by one. I'll put a special mark by it because that's close. And in in a in, in in an aggressive environment, you'll see me say, all right, if it misses by one set of criteria, but it's in the right industry group, great. Let's look at the subgroup thing. Now, indicators, okay, all right, now, not, now, that weekly column's one thing, and then, and so here's the top relative strength new high list, but I want you to look also at these two, go to the subgroup, that's the most important one, okay, because what you want to do, particularly on the short side, and on the long side, and this is a question that you asked, is, you want to try to get into stocks that are in the groups that are dominating this list, okay? We got on the high subgroups, oil, instrument, keep going, instrument controls, financial. All right, I can tell you right now, the two top groups that have been on this list for the last five weeks are financial, insurance, banking, and oil, okay? And, and if you watch the action of this list and keep, the, keep this printout every day going back for three to five weeks, you will have a very good idea what groups are continuing to show a broadening of their movement to new highs and new lows. And that's what you want to see. When they continue to dominate these lists and are in, you know, listed here and in the top area, that says, this group is continuing to push new stocks to new highs on a consistent basis. And the broader the participation of new highs in a group, the greater the reliability that the move will continue. That's why this is such an important chart. Okay, let's look at the, uh, the new low list and look at the group instead of the subgroup. Okay, so both of these, see, both of these, what you're doing, look at that, internet, software, telecommunications. It's been that way for five weeks or more. 
Okay, so guess what? If we find a stock that breaks down and meets our criteria in those groups, we really want to be in on it. And if you get a port, if you're scared, a lot of people I, saw, I talk at, you know what, you've got too few short positions. I'm scared being that little diversified. If you want to diversify more, and with the size that I'm managing, I do. If you want to diversify more, you want to try to find breakdowns in these groups. And if you really want to do it, you know, with a broader diversification to be short a lot of instruments so that if one has a, some earnings or takeover or something, it doesn't kill you, then look at the new low list on Investor's Business Daily and go through every goddamn one of those that are in the groups that are showing up consistently here. This is telling you Mr. Selection, okay, where he has the low fruit. The internet, software, telecom, these are the groups where you want to be looking for short opportunities and you watch these and keep them for the last five weeks and write notes and highlight and after a while you're going to know very well what groups you want to be getting long in and what groups you want to be getting short in. Okay, So uh, these are invaluable tools. I use them. I think if you spend 20 minutes a day looking at every stock on the new high list, every stock on the new low list, printing this out, paying attention to it, that's all you need to do. That's your stock strategy, or at least one of them. Now you can find good commodity funds in other sections and have a smooth performing portfolio that makes money every year and you got a big smile on your face. Okay, and don't forget who told you about it. <laughs> All right, any other questions? All right, thank you very much.